Hello, everyone. I'm Sid Shetty, and welcome to Elevating Brick and Mortar, a podcast about how operations and facilities drive brand performance. On this season of the podcast, we've talked to some of the brightest minds and key voices in facilities management. One theme that ran through almost every episode was the supply chain disruption and labor shortages we're facing in the post-pandemic world. On this episode, we wanted to revisit the topic and recap some insights on how our guests are handling these challenges. And now, a word from our sponsor. Want to rest easy knowing your brick-and-mortar locations are offering the best possible guest experience? Partner with Service Channel for peak facilities performance. Check out servicechannel.com today to learn more. Let's start with Garrick Brown, Director of Advisory Services and Business Development at Lockhouse Retail Group, who believes technology is advancing rapidly and will be the key to solving these challenges. If you just look at what's been invested in robotics in the last five years, it's over $100 billion. And if you look at what's happened with our labor issues during the pandemic, of course, we we had all sorts of people horribly impacted, but those who could work from home were okay. Unemployment is almost back to pre-pandemic levels at this point. It's it's back in the mid-trees. We have 11.9 million available jobs as of the last reporting from the Labor Department, which is a record. And we had about 4 million people drop out of the workforce during the pandemic that haven't come back yet. We have a worker shortage. Right. And about 3 million took early retirement. 3 million were just people 62 or older that said, that's it, I'm done. So we have this really intense worker shortage you know remember what and our, our birth rate's been declining each decade going back well we had a little bit of a surge with the millennial generation before that you have to go back to the baby boomers and immigration which accounts for about the other half of our usual population growth has fallen off a cliff in recent years so even if we had a recession let's say in a year from now and we saw unemployment go from the threes to the, uh, say, sevens, we're still going to be short workers. So that's why, like, especially in the fast food arena, you are seeing, like, I believe Jack in the Box announced the other day that they're testing robots. And, and you know, you're going to see more and more of these things impacting the way the facilities are run, whether it's Flippy, the robot burger flipper, or robot waiters in the, right. in the restaurant arena. Or, you know, you're going to see, you know, the facilities needs of these self-checkout aisles are completely different than standard. So you've got this huge amount of capital that's creating new tools, new robotics, and then you have this real need in the marketplace. So this is going to really impact the way people operate facilities going forward that I think facilities managers really need to pay attention to. Chris Lampion Operations manager at Lampion Mechanical believes it's time to train a whole new generation of employees to help bring in fresh talent and solve for the labor and skills gap in our space. We use the different uh, hiring platforms that's you know on the internet, and I scour through all these different applications because I, I I don't have a shortage of applications. I have a shortage of finding people that are actually qualified or have the the mindset for this type of work. So you have to be mechanically inclined. You don't have to know 
what you're doing yet, but you have to be mechanically inclined and be a problem solver. And so what we've started doing is trying to hire newer people that are just out of school, but keep trying to give them the proper training because they, do, they really don't learn enough in the trade schools. It doesn't prepare them for what we do. There's nothing that can prepare a new technician for the physical portion of the job. So when you get on top of a roof, it may be 95 outside, but on the roof, it's about 145 and you're hot. So you're then having to troubleshoot. You have a customer that's piece of equipment is down and they could be losing product. And that guy's having to figure it out while he's also in a very uncomfortable situation. We've had plenty of younger people come on board before and it deters them pretty quick. And uh, there can be long hours. Uh, it's, it can be a tough job, but it's a rewarding job. But that's it's hard to get the younger generation to stick it out to, you know, get to, to a point where they know really know what they're doing and they're trained up to be a good technician. I try to be a lot more selective with who I bring on board and know that they're going to try to stick it out. But I've had, I guess, I've probably had seven in the last three years that didn't make it. You know, it wasn't for a lack of trying on our end. It's just they weren't cut out for it. But what about some other limiting factors that have a huge impact on your facilities program and your business? RJ Zanes, Senior Director of Facilities Maintenance at Sam's Club, walks us through it. I'm seeing the same challenges as everyone else, right? And this day and age with the way the economy swings are happening and how rapidly they're happening uh, from a supply chain issue standpoint to uh, an inflation standpoint, fuel costs, right? Things are, you know, they're not getting cheaper, right? <laughs> they're continuing to become more expensive. So you you get a lot of pressure from a cost perspective. There's delay in supply chain, which is uh, limiting our ability to maintain spare parts levels at the, at the levels that we'd like to or even build spare parts programs for um, specific pieces of equipment because you can't hardly get the parts there to build a supply internally. And so I think those are some of the bigger, broader challenges. If you think about internally and not so broad, we continue to run into resource challenges, right? And that's natural. It'll happen within any organization, but we're challenged with it just as well with uh, operating from a lean perspective. You know, you want to move uh, things very fast. You want to get things accomplished. You got these big, broad goals, but you got to sit back and be realistic. What can we actually accomplish and in what time frame? And then work to prioritize each of the actions that you want to take to get to that North Star, right? It's important to get that North Star out there. Keep that North Star out there. Plan to get to that North Star with specific key actions and then work to prioritize those actions based on the resources that you do have. RJ makes a great point. Now listen to what Roger Goldstein, Executive Director of Facilities and Energy at Panda Restaurant Group, has to say about the importance of finding the right provider partners, especially during these challenging times. We've had the supply chain issues that are the result of the pandemic, but even before that, just the challenge of maintaining good vendor partners for every aspect that needs to be handled or taken care of at the store at all times and getting that at a value, getting that at the best cost. And a value and a best cost is also, it's not at the expense of those vendors, right? It's getting to know them to, so that you're, you're working off a win-win and they're making a good living, you're getting value. So overcoming that challenge, it's just constant, right? You have to work for that. That doesn't happen automatically. You can easily find someone who doesn't really care or not invested in your brand for service but then you don't know what you're getting and you don't know at what price. We learn to do things that we 
didn't even know we didn't know we could be doing very, very quickly because of the pandemic, because of the, the nature of not being able to travel. So we implemented, for instance, virtual training, right? We all got up to speed on Teams and Zoom and all that. And it was great for meetings, but we were able to adapt it. And, and instead of training eight managers at a single store, you know, that happened because someone flew in a plane somewhere and stayed in a hotel, met them in the morning and conducted a training with the eight people, we could now from anywhere in the United States have two or three FMs manage 80 people on a virtual training course and go through everything they would do in person, including questions and, and showing parts on, you know, videos and, and the works. Those are the kind of things like probably nobody even would have bought into virtual training until we learned how valuable it could be because we had to. So those are some of the real positives that came. You know, the tough things have been supply chain and vendor labor. You know, we had periods of time when entire crews were out sick and, and you've got a broken air conditioner in July on a rooftop and, and they can't respond for three days or they don't, they can't even tell you when they can respond. And the best that the vendor can do is recommend you call someone else who's probably in the same boat. So there was a real struggle. It's tough for an operator to understand why, you know, their dining rooms at 86 degrees and nobody's coming out for them. And it puts a lot of pressure on the facilities team to find somebody to do it. It's getting better now, even though there's the ongoing labor shortages. Of course, the, the illness component's not as bad as it was. Rising costs in labor is not going to go away. You know, the material costs rose for a while. I think some of that's leveling off a little bit, and, and we'll see changes there, too. Let's hear from Tom Sansusi, VP of Facilities at EG America, as he shares what his organization is doing to tackle these challenges head on. Since COVID started, it's been an interesting ride for sure. It's harder to hire people. Now, before the pandemic, there were plenty of statistics of the, the rising age, the average age of like an air conditioning technician just keeps going up because there are not as many new younger people getting into the trade and the cost, the hourly costs for the technicians had been going up. And there were projections that were telling us it was going to get harder and harder to hire skilled labor. So before the pandemic, we had those challenges that we were facing. And then during, and I guess as, as the pandemic winds down, the labor pool is a little smaller. We're in a position where we can help some young people that want to that start a new career in, in the technical trades. It's a good place to work. And we, it is challenging to do that. And we, we're actually aggressively building our in-house teams now because it's a hedge against the increased costs of hiring the outside vendors. Our in-house team is geared towards maintaining a select group of equipment, let's say. You know, like coffee brewers that are typically, as our stores are built, they're fairly consistent. So our technicians are trained on our coffee brewers and our ice makers and our fountain soda machines and the types of refrigeration equipment and air conditioning that we use. So when one of our technicians shows up, he's got the parts on his truck. It's, like I say, a select group of equipment. So we can get things done very fast. When you hire outside vendors, they're more generalists. And a lot of times they don't have the parts, they have to order them. So, but getting back to your original question, the challenge has gotten bigger now. 
with the internal team hiring and retaining. And so we'll see where time takes us. You know, it's not all just about the hourly rate and what you're going to pay somebody. It's the organization and how we treat our people and what we can offer folks that want to join the team that make the difference. So we're working on all those fronts, you know, to build that team. To wrap things up, we bring you insight from Jacqueline Frenzel, president at OnSite, on how we should encourage new talent to enter the trades and how it can be a fulfilling career. I'm seeing it on both the skilled and unskilled trades. We talk about just skilled trades most of the time, but a lot of our industry is also supported by by mom and pop, you know, local companies. And you're not having the same amount of young, driven talent out there come out and say, hey, I want to own a window cleaning company or I want to do handyman work. And so it's really challenging and we're putting a lot of strain on the existing resources that we have. So as an industry, we need to take a look at this and say, okay, how do we put our money where our mouth is? How do we foster new development of businesses? How do we encourage folks to get into these trades? How do we educate them that this is a good field for them to go into? And with skilled trades, it's really important that we get behind training programs. There are a lot of, a lot of unions even out there that provide free training. You can become certified without having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars like you would going to college. And I remember listening to um, a speaker a long time ago who said, and it really resonated that we cannot all be doctors and lawyers. You know, if we all go to college and become doctors and lawyers, our economy is going to fail. So we need to elevate, and it goes back to that PR program about our industry, and say it is not a bad thing to become an electrician. In fact, you're likely going to make six figures, have a phenomenal pension, have great benefits, and be able to work locally, right, and have a great job. Same goes with being a plumber or an HVAC technician. Same goes with being window cleaning or handyman and the flexibility around this. And so really putting it out there that these industries are valued, that they have a purpose and a place, and that it's not somehow lower or less looked upon if you go that route. And so if our industry can really get behind that and do national campaigns and maybe even work with education lobbying to start to implement this education, you know, during middle school years, because that's when it's formative. That's when people and children can learn, hey, I don't have to go. Maybe I'm not the best student. Maybe, you know, I'm good at math, but I'm not good at test taking. And I'd like to go into the workforce. And so Getting it at a national scale is great. Individual organizations can have incubator programs where they help small businesses, where they really educate and can teach their community about these things. But ultimately, we all have to come together and start promoting it as, as necessary and valued. We hope you enjoyed listening to this bonus episode where we collected some key moments from our first season that touch upon the challenges within supply chain and the shortage of talent within our space. If you would like to listen to the full conversations we have sampled in this episode, we encourage you to listen back through season one of the podcast. Head to our show notes for the links. Thank you again for listening. I'm Sid Shetty, and we'll see you on the next episode of Elevating Brick and Mortar. 
Service Channel brings you peace of mind through peak facilities performance. Rest easy knowing your locations are offering the best possible guest experience, living up to brand standards, and operating with minimal downtime. Service Channel partners with more than 500 leading brands globally to provide visibility across operations, the flexibility to grow and adapt to consumer expectations, and accelerated performance from their asset fleet and service providers. Get to know us at servicechannel.com.